Hey, Headbangers, this is Rudy Sarzo, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Jeff Tate of Queensryche, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, everybody, this is Pamela Moore, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, everyone, this is Michael Wilson from Queensryche, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to episode 204 of the Iron City Rocks podcast coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I am your host, John, bringing you the best hard rock, heavy metal, blues, and rock talk on the net. Episode 204, uh, before you all get fired up with Michael Wilton and Jeff Tate both in the opening credits, yes, we are aware there are no longer in the same band. There are two Queensrikes floating around. Had an opportunity to talk to Jeff uh, just this past week. Uh, prior to doing a show in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, Jeff was gracious enough to spend some time talking to me. Uh, we did post the interview on SoundCloud and on our website for those who were going to the concert that night. Um, talked to him earlier in the day of the show, but we thought we'd put it in the episode for all our great subscribers. Uh, we did not talk to Michael Wilden for this event, uh, as you might have guessed, but we did talk to another veteran of Queensryche, Pamela Moore, who uh, has got a great new record out, and uh, she was the voice of Sister Mary in Operation Mindcrime. So we will get to interview with her in just a little bit, but first we have an interview with Johnny from the band Filter. Filter have a new album out called The Sun Comes Out Tonight. They're going to be in Pittsburgh for a uh, Summerland tour event, which is on the 19th of June. Uh, Everclear Live, Filter, and Sponge. So if you're into this kind of... Uh, I would say early 90s, mid-90s, uh, kind of hard rock music is a great package tour. So Johnny was cool enough to talk to us about that tour. I spoke with Eric just recently. So what we're going to do, we're going to play a track from Filter's newest album. This song is called We Hate It When You Get What You Want. I want to talk to Johnny. I have Johnny from the band Filter. How you doing, Johnny? I'm well. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so what's going on? Where Where are you at right now? Um, right now, actually, we've uh, we've been out on tour for the last couple of weeks, and um, you know, just kind of testing out the new the new material. And um, we're currently in in uh, New York City, Manhattan, just uh, you know, doing some press uh, stuff at the, at the record label and. Um, yeah, we'll be heading back to L.A. shortly to prepare for our big tour coming up uh, in a couple weeks, uh, the Summerland tour. Yeah, yeah. So you're doing you're doing like a separate tour just with Filter right now ahead of Summerland. 
yeah, we did. We just did some dates, um, just some headlining dates and uh, a couple festivals, um, and then some dates with our good friends in the band uh, Bush. Oh so, yeah, uh, yeah, just sort of like you know preliminary, you know, warm up stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you've been in, with Filter since I believe 2011, right? Yes, I came in the fall of 2011. Okay. What was uh, what was going on in your in your musical life prior to that? Um, I'm I'm one of the original members of the band Kill Hannah. Uh, we were based uh, Chicago-based rock band. Uh, made a couple albums, toured the world, yada yada yada. Um, I then uh, I started playing with Billy Howard L from A Perfect Circle in his uh, in his solo project called Ashes Divide. And uh, yeah, and then I have you know my solo record that I've I've just sort of finished. That project is called Polar Moon and. Um, yeah, so I, you know, Rich and I have known each other for a long time, many years, uh, back from Chicago, and uh, you know they they were in a need of a guitar player. They were actually leaving to go on tour with uh, Bush and Chevelle within a few days. Uh, so I, you know, I I happened to be available, and I came in and you know did that tour. It was a, you know a couple months, and then um, after that, you know, we just decided to you know we wanted to start working together, you know, write some songs and. It fit perfectly, you know. We, it was basically effortless, you know. So we really enjoyed, you know, work writing with each other. So we decided to make a record. That's Here we good. are. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Now your new album comes out on uh, June fourth, I believe. It's called "The Sun Comes Out Tonight." Correct. Yes, correct. Yeah, um, I believe there's a, a free track you have available if you go to the website. Yeah, uh, we had on the website if you if uh, if you went to what we were. The, the song "We Hate It When You Get What You Want" was up uh, for a free download. I'm not sure if it's still there, but it, it might be. But if you go to iTunes or Amazon or anything like that, and you and you pre-order our record, you'll get the sing- the first single. What do you say? Cool. Okay. Yeah. And that website, I believe, it's officialfilter.com. Yep, officialfilter.com. Okay. Now the album that's coming out. How long had you been working on it? And uh, if you want to talk a little bit about, like, you know, how how it developed and uh, who who wrote and who did what and that kind of stuff, I think people right. Like to hear well, that. Well, as I as I said, Rich, you know, Rich and I wrote it together. Um, we started uh, early in 2012. We started, you know, getting ideas down, you know, demoing uh, in Los Angeles in between tours, actually, and. Um, you know, at, when we finished the summer tour uh, in the fall of 2012, uh, we pretty much went into the studio full time, full throttle with uh, Bob producer Bob Marlette, and the three of us pretty much, you know, kind of wrote everything together uh, over the course of around six months, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, literally just, uh, you know, we we took a different approach with this record. We we kind of went in there with a couple demos, but mainly the 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 point was to get into the studio, write and record as we went, and and that's pretty much what we did. So it was, uh, it was a very cool process, uh, a lot of ideas flowing, as you can imagine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was it was great. So we're really happy with the with the final result. You know, we're proud of what we've done, and uh, you know, we just can't wait for it to be out. Yeah, and I've had the privilege of listening to it. It, it sounds good. It sounds you know very polished and well produced, but also has the you know a, a nice raw edge to it that, that I think we we would want to hear from from Filter. Right. You know? Absolutely. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> good. Yeah, it's 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 uh, definitely a I think a winner. I think I think people will like it. Thanks. Now, um, so you, and you've worked with this producer, I believe, on one other album, correct? Uh, yeah, Rich did actually for the the last record, The Trouble with Angels. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, this was Bob's second time, you know, working with us. My first time working with Bob, although we've known each other, um, you know, we've worked with similar, you know, same people over the years. Uh, so it was my my first time working with Bob, and and uh, we got along, you know, famously. He was just a great guy, you know, uh, great to, great dude to bounce ideas off of, and, and he's got, you know, he's a he's a songwriter as well, you know. So we really we really. We really had, uh, it, it, like I said, it was really easy for us to do this this album. Like we, there's a lot of creativity and you know, flowing around, and and we were just kind of ready to get everything out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Bob has a long a long resume. I saw. I mean, he's worked with Alice Cooper and uh, oh yeah, you know Al Stewart. I mean, like a lot of different kind of people too. It's oh, not yeah. he doesn't he doesn't come from just one world, you know. So um, no, I I mean he he just did a you know the the most recent Leonard Skinner album and went straight from that into Rob Zombie. So yeah, <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, he's great. a multidimensional kind of person. Right. Yeah, that's that's good. No, on the upcoming Summerland tour, I think that starts uh, May 28th. I want to say something like that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, what uh, what can we expect from Filter uh, during that tour? Like, what kind of set? Uh, what kind of material? And uh, just in general, you know, what what's your feelings on the tour? Well, we'd we'd like obviously we're going to play um, you know the the big hits, the previous hits like you know, Hey Man, Nice Shot, Take a Picture, Trip Like I Do, but uh, we're obviously going to be adding you know our new singles. Uh, some material from the new record. I mean, the plan is to eventually kind of incorporate many songs from this new record. So, I mean, it'll be it'll be intense. Uh, people that have seen us before know that you know we really do bring it live, and uh, you know, Rich's vocals are insane, and and uh, the you know high energy, good songs. So, I mean, old fans, new fans, nobody will be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, I saw Filter. Back in the '90s, I think that was the only time, and it was it was definitely an intense experience. I totally yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. And it was it was part of like a large a larger festival, and uh, you know, yeah, I had a blast watching Filter. It was awesome. awesome. Now the the format of this tour will it be the same pretty much in every venue, like uh, one band after another? Will they have multiple stages? Uh, this this is a new tour, I believe, right? Right. Yeah. I I think it's going to be one band after another. You know, I think we we go on right before live, and then Everclear is going to close out the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be pretty pretty consistent, uh, yeah, like that. Yeah, and it comes to Pittsburgh uh, June nineteenth, uh, right. stage AE. So um, right, right. I hope to make cool it venue. down. It's yeah, my man. wedding anniversary. I'll see if my wife will uh, probably get in trouble if I go by myself. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't. I would want to miss out on that. <laughs> nah, probably shouldn't do that. Uh, what other stuff you guys got going on, uh, solo or together or anything like that? Anything? Uh, you know, like I said, I, I have some other projects that I'm working on, um, but obviously this is, I've, I've, I've devoted, you know, most of my, you know, actually almost all of my time to this and we'll, you know, we're going to be touring heavily in support of this record, you know, cause we, at the at, reality is we, we love this album. We love what we've done. We're very proud of it. And, and, uh, we're going to, I mean, you know, the plan is to, keep making uh, records together you know we had such a great time doing this so Mm -hmm. why not do it again (laughs) sure why not yeah as a guitarist what type of gear do you uh, do you prefer do you have any like signature stuff in the works or like what what type Um, of stuff you like to work with yeah i mean i I, you know i'm i personally love les pauls um gibson les pauls so i i tend to play those and you know collect those um you know i love I love the sound of Marshall. I'm actually using Black Star heads on the road. Um, they sound great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, a lot of my pedal stuff that I've used in the past, like fractals and digital racks. Um, I'm not using that for these live shows. I'm, I'm going more analog, back to my old pedal board. You know, some some Maxon distortion, some Line Six pedals, Crybaby Wah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorites. You know, Les Paul through a Marshall with a, you know, there's no, there's no better tone than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get, you definitely get a, you know, a very mean sound, and that's, that's, right. that's awesome. Right. Well, uh, well, Johnny, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, Thank you, oh, absolutely. And I thanks wish you the best of luck on the tour. I hope to see you. Thanks so much. Yeah, we hope to see you too, man. They rocked the 90s with hit after incredible hit. Summerland Tour 2013, featuring Everclear. And Sponge. June 19th, Stage AE Outdoors. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster. Brought to you by Promo West North Shore and Coors Light. Summerland Tour 2013. The most infamous shock rockers have united. Alice Cooper. Marilyn Manson. The Masters of Madness Tour. Gates open at 6 p.m. June 23rd at Stage AE Outdoors. Tickets are on sale now at all Ticketmaster locations or the Stage AE box office. Alice Cooper, Marilyn Manson. Brought to you by Promo West North Shore and Coors Light. 
All right, a big thanks again to Johnny from Filter for coming on the show. Again, they've got a great new record out, so you can pick that up. iTunes, Amazon, Best Buy, all those great places like that. We're going to turn our attention to another artist now who has a brand new record out. We're going to talk to Pamela Moore. Pamela Moore, uh, probably not a name that jumps off the page at you uh, until you hear her voice. Uh, she was the voice of one of the biggest and probably the best albums of the late 1980s. Uh, she was the voice of Sister Mary from Queen's Reich's Operation Mind Crime. So she's got a new album out called Resurrect Me, which is available on Rat Pack Records. That's R A T P A K Records.com, which I would say is the place to buy this album. Uh, you get a great digipack and a lot of really cool buying options. Always through Rat Pack, who is also the home of uh, George Lynch and the Lynch Mob's uh, most recent recordings. Also, Michael Wilton. It's got some stuff. Dave Rude of the Dave Rude Band has got a new album out on Rat Pack Records, so check that out. Also, uh, we are going to play a track now called Acquiescent from that album. Again, this is from Resurrect Me from Pamela Moore, and then Sean's going to talk to Pamela.
everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Today with us we have Pamela Moore. How are you doing today, Pamela? I'm doing great, Sean. Thanks for having me over. Oh, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show. Um, exciting news! You got a you got a new CD coming out. We uh, May fourth. Can you uh, CD's called uh, Resurrect Me? Can you uh, talk a little bit about the CD? Uh, May yeah, May fourteenth is when it's coming out. Um, it's been four four years in the making, which uh, you know is kind of by default. We were hoping to have it out a little bit sooner, but you know things happen for a reason, and right. life situations happen. So. We've been start starting working on it like around 2009, and in between I had some uh, prior commitments as far as touring things and stuff. But anyway, and I moved. I moved from Chicago back home to Seattle. So a lot of different things happened during the whole thing. But I ended up uh, finding a wonderful um, songwriter. I, I collaborated with a couple of different people, but my main songwriter is a gentleman named Michael Posh, and Michael was working as my guitar player with my version of Pamela Moore in Chicago. Right. And he had put together this really awesome opening piece for our show and I just I said, "You know, Mike, I got I'm writing for this album, you know, let's let's put our heads together and see what we can create." And so sure enough, you know, he kept doing it even with my, you know, move from Chicago. He kept sending me pieces and I kept sending them back some other stuff and the beauty of internet kind of allows you to do that these days. Right. right. And um, we just, he, he came up with some really great guitar riffs. He's a wonderful guitar player. And I really loved his vision. And this album is really something that I've always wanted to do. And um, I'm, I'm really happy with it. I, I, had a, I had a chance to listen to it. I uh, thought it sounded real great. And it, it's, it's heavier than your last album. Um, and was that? Did you want to go into a heavier route or heavier route? Yeah, the or? last album there was a couple of songs I was hoping to have sound a little bit more aggressive. But the last album's pretty mellow. Um, right. There's some rock. There's some rock tendencies to it, but not at all like Resurrect Me. <laughs> and right. as I had said before, this is the album that I've always wanted to create. And I think uh, it was just a situation of, uh, you know, you, when you write with different people you come up with the different types of sounds. I mean, right. everyone brings their own dynamic into a song. So so in this situation, as luck would have it, Michael's in my own backyard, and I just went, okay, well, you know, let's try this out. And so it turned out really great. And the things that he was sending me are things that I really could sink my teeth into as far as my um songwriting capability hopefully people will think that too right right now you did primarily all the lyrics and stuff did you write to his music or did he write the music around your lyrics or yeah um what he would do is he would send me riffs and then i'd say god this could be a cool chorus part this is a cool right. i think of this as the verse and then i would take it and record it here in seattle and put down my melody and lyrical ideas and then send them to him and then we kind of edit back and forth, and um, that's the whole process of what happened through the whole four years that we were doing all this. Right. So so we really didn't – We there was very rarely a time when we were in the same room together <laughs> recording it. But I think, I think it works because I, I'm a pretty private person in a lot of ways, and so being able to sit with myself with this musical piece and that musical piece really kind of helps me focus a little bit more. Cool. Um, yeah, you know, other musicians on the album too. I guess what Jeff Loomis makes an appearance uh, on the song Awakening. Um, mm -hmm. Who all, like, are, are the, can you talk a little bit about all the guest musicians who make an appearance? Yes. Um, well, Jeff Loomis, he did work a lot on my last album, and she was always pushing me, come on, pal, you got to do a heavy album, you know. And uh, he's a good friend. I've known him for many years. Um, amazing guitar player. I mean, he's just. <laughs> he's explosive. I don't know where he comes up with the licks that he does. I think it's right. just he's possessed or something. I don't know. Um, but he, yeah, he plays on Awakening for me. We were going to write together, and we started to, but our timetables are all different. Our schedules are always different. He's either out on the road while I'm home or I'm out on the road while he's home. Right. So that didn't work. But, you know, you never know what could happen for the future. 
And then Ralph Supers has been a friend for a few years as well. Um, I actually met him through MySpace, and we were talking shop, you know, on MySpace back when that was a, a place right. to go. And um, then almost a year to the date that I met him online, I was with Queensryche, and we were playing at the Czech Republic, some big festival out there. And sure enough, it was Primal Fear that was performing that day, and I got to meet him in person. I, I love Primal Fear. You know, so they probably rubbed off on me a little bit too. But um, I love his, he's just an incredible uh, talent as far as his range and his strength and his ability and, you know, everything. So uh, we had worked together and I had asked him, I go, you know, would you be interested in doing something like this? And he goes, yeah, sure. So, you know, I sent him the song. I sent him a couple of them. He gave me some ideas for choir parts and stuff on Resurrecti, mm-hmm. but it, as it would have it, Sky is Falling was the song I was thinking would really benefit from a real um, a masculine side to it because it's a pretty yeah, yeah. heavy song, and my voice can only be so thick. You know, I'm a female, so he really adds that bottom end to it, and the ending of that song just turned out great. That was one of his ideas, and I got chills when he sent it to me. I went, God, this is so cool. <laughs> so... So anyway, I, I'm really happy with that, how that song turned out, and you know, hopefully yeah. we can do some more stuff together. He's a he's he works hard, and um, you know, he's a in his own right, he's pretty incredible. Right. Yeah. And like I said, uh, the whole album, I think, as a whole, sounds really great. Uh, Thank you. Uh, yeah, I was uh, really enjoyed listening to it. And actually, I hadn't uh, stopped listening to it the past week. Um, you actually just released the video for uh, Paranora, Paranoia the other day. Um, mm-hmm. Did you shoot that in uh, Seattle as well? Is that? Um, can you talk a little bit about the shooting of the video? Uh, you want about the video? Um, yeah. We did shoot it in Seattle. Um, my good friend and very talented um, photographer, Leah Kennedy, directed it um, along with um, her camera guy, and he's also got great vision too. His name is Ray Gratisher. And <laughs> she's always been wanting to get me to go up to this area up north of Seattle called um it's called Concrete Washington. And in concrete it's at the foothills of, of this pass. We I live near a lot of mountain passes and right. um it's just a very beautiful area and in this very beautiful area sits this old concrete factory. That's the reason why the town was called Concrete Washington. And apparently a few years ago, I don't know how long ago, they tried to blow up the building because it was abandoned. And they tried to blow it up and it just still stood. So that must have been really great concrete. (laughs) There's a bunch of holes in the building and and you see it in the video. It's very dilapidated and and you have to be careful where you step because you you could fall into a hole down to the lower floor. Um, But it's just got this amazing, spooky you know, paranormal thing going on there. Right. And it was really rainy on in January of this year. We went up there. I was freezing cold. I don't think I even warmed up till the next day. Um, it, and that kind of added to the whole angst of the whole song, too, is, you know, just kind of being crazy <laughs> hanging right. out up there. But it was a really, it really was a really smart location for us to use that song just because of the essence of what the song's all about, too, about going crazy in, in your head, yeah. you know. So, oh, so it's um, a great-looking location. I'm sorry? It's a great-looking location. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to mention that. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great video. And, you know, it's funny. It's like, you know, people are still doing music videos, but MTV's dead and it seems like, you know, YouTube and the Internet's just taken off. And it, it seems like it's a lot easier to get stuff out there nowadays. Do you think, it, do you think that as well? or? Well, yeah, I think I've been telling everyone. And a few months ago, I think I posted something, and it was really timely when I did that because I was saying, you know what, YouTube is the new MTV. And right. it really is. I mean, I'm, it's sad because I was the kid that was in front of the TV 24-7 watching all these music videos in the 80s yeah, or whatever. <laughs> and just, you know, so enamored by it all. And that, that really changed things around for everything concerned. And the Internet really kind of catapulted that whole idea 
you know, and and nowadays because even because the music business is so different because of internet, um, right. you really have to be creative and you really have to, you know, catch people's attention in different ways. You've got to pioneer different ways of getting yourself out there. And, and to be quite honest, there's a lot more people that have a chance to be able to do that, but it's also such a wide market. You right. know, <laughs> you have to be really clever. you got to have really <laughs> clever ideas to try to keep things up there and in people's faces, you know. Now, you um you recently signed with some Rat Pack Records, and they're mm-hmm. uh, releasing the album, the CD. How did you um hook up with them? Well, we were um shopping. The, fin- the album was finished last year, and okay. so we decided to go ahead and shop it. And there's a lot of um my friends that are on the Rat Pack label, and um, Joe had got gotten in contact with me, and um, what a great guy. So, O'Brien, uh, that guy, he, he needs to clone himself. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need more Joes out there in the, in the music business because he works 24-7. He's got an amazing staff with him. Right. Um, you know, I was hoping, I, this, is, this is what I want to say, and I, hopefully Joe doesn't take this the wrong way. I don't think he would. You know, I was hoping to um, maybe sign with a bigger label, you know, and I, I realize now that this is the perfect marriage for me, and and the reason for that is because of the fact that I am being treated um, with a lot of attention. All of his artists, he allows the artist to be that person, you know? Right. It's not just a commodity where they put down a stamp and say, you know, okay, next. You know, yeah. So, so for this situation, he has just risen to the occasion. I I love hearing from him. He's a funny guy, um, and you know, <laughs> he's kind of like the little engine that could, and right. he is. And I I have a feeling. I asked him. I go, what's going to happen when this gets too big for you? You know. <laughs> And he's just one. I just have to think of one day at a time. But he's, um, I really, I have a lot of respect for him. And I'm so very proud to carry that label on my record, too. And they have some, they have some great artists on there. And George Lynch and Michael Wilkins. Right? Yeah, yeah. And Michael and um, my friend, uh, you know, Mike Stone. He's been doing mm-hmm. a bunch of different projects. Um, and also Ronnie Monroe, who's, who's in a band called Metal Church. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and John Karabi. I mean, he's just really doing so well, and I yeah. just tip my hat to this guy because he just it's, <laughs> seems like they treat all their artists straight. I mean, you can look at their website, you know, they you know the release of the albums. They really try and push that. It seems like. Yeah. Um, now you know we've got to mention Queens, right? You you know got your big break as uh, Sister Mary on Operation Mind Crime. Um, can you talk a little bit about that experience? Because that album is like such an influential album yeah. over the last, you know, twenty some years. Um, could you talk a little bit how you uh, got involved with that project? Well, this the story I could make it a real elaborate story, and probably a lot of people have heard it. But but basically, I I I, w- I sang on a commercial um, many years ago for a, a music store. And Je- uh, Jeff Tate and and Krista Garmo heard me singing on that, and they right. sought me out. They're like, "Who is this? You know, who is this woman?" <laughs> they sought me out, and I I used to hang out with or not hang out with them, but I used to see Chris a lot in the you know store. And then mm-hmm. one day he brought Jeff over, and then one day they came out to see me when I was playing in this top forty cover band you know, checking it out, and I remember looking up going, what are those guys doing? <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't the music that I would think they'd enjoy, but, you know, that's not fair, but still. Right. Um, and then they left, and I'd not talked to them, and all of a sudden I got a phone call from Chris DeGarmo, and he was in Montreal, and they were recording Operation Mindcrime, and he said, you know, how would you feel about flying up here and, you know, trying, trying your your, you know, version of putting the song together. How, how do you feel about doing this? And I said, okay, but can I do the song? And he said, no, they weren't They weren't showing anybody any tapes right. or anything. So I flew up there, you know, not knowing what I was getting myself into. And 
they gave me the cassette tape to listen to that night, and they gave, they bought me dinner, and they proceeded to tell me about this concept, you know, mm. album. And that kind of went way over my head because here I've been doing top 40 in pop music, you know. Right. And so the next day, the next morning, I'm in front of the microphone and, you know, just singing what I did. And the rest is history pretty much, you know. Um, I yeah, never, I'll, I'll never forget the day, though. I remember I started singing and I was really nervous because I, right. I hear those guys are flying me up there and I want to make sure I do a good job, you know. And I remember after I got done with maybe an, a pass-through or something, I, I looked in the control booth, and Chris just had this Cheshire grin on his face, and I knew I knew I was doing okay. <laughs> right. And, and so, they brought you back 20 years later for the sequel. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, yeah, so uh, do you have any plans of touring with this new album? I hope to. I just started rehearsals with the band here in... Um, Seattle, and um, I'm, I can't tell you exactly what's in store, but I have a few surprises in store. Um, but right now, it's getting the show together. You know, right. once I know I've got the show together, then it's like, okay, here we go. <laughs> but I, I, you know what's so cool, Sean, is that um, playing these songs live, they just translate so well. I mean, right. they're almost even more exciting playing them live not to take anything away from the album, but it's really exciting. And I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised because sometimes, sometimes some songs just don't translate that well. They sound better just right. on the CD, you know, but these songs just, they crank. They're just awesome. Cool. <laughs> I have well, I, uh... Michael's in, Michael's in Chicago right now. So he, he can't rehearse with us right now. <laughs> so I've got, you know who my understudy is right now? It's Randy Piper from Wasp. Oh wow! <laughs> filling in with me. It's so funny. We're sitting in the house, and I'm looking over, and here he is, like rocking out on these songs. And he's a rocker, you know. Right. And I'm just smiling, going, "Wow, my life is blessed right now," because he's a great guy, and he's yeah. my neighbor. So I'm, I'm just thinking, "Wow, this is awesome." I, I wish Michael was with us, certainly, but you know, he can't make it for every single rehearsal, and I. Michael's right. the one who pretty much played the whole album. You know, he played right. the bass and the drums, so he knows the songs. I'm not worried about yeah. that. But you need to yeah. have that uh, rehearsal, you know, with two guitars so you, so the band can kind of know what to expect when Michael gets into it. And so it's pretty fun. Cool, cool. Well, I look forward to uh, hopefully you guys coming to Pittsburgh so we can check it out here. But I uh, want to wish you good luck with the album. Um, like I said, it's a great album. And I hope it does well. And uh, looking forward to seeing you on the road coming out soon. Thanks, Sean. I hope to meet you in person. And thank you so much for this opportunity to uh, chat with you today. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on the show. It was uh, fun talking to you. You too. You take care. Have you ever listened to an album and thought to yourself, man, I could do so much better than that? Well, here's your chance. My name is Sue, and I've decided to write my next album live and online at RageAndApathy.com. So come on over, leave me a comment, and tell me what you think about the album and where you think it should go. And as a bonus for you Iron City rockers out there, I will give you an exclusive copy of the first song as soon as I get it finished. So stop on over to RageAndApathy.com and join my madness. All right, let's go on my Queensryche rant. A lot of uh, people uh, had probably listened to the interview we did with Jeff Tate. Uh, it was just done this past Friday as Queensryche starring Jeff Tate rolled into the Palace Theater in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Um, there's been a lot of talk. I know Blabbermouth picked that interview up in particular, and there were a lot of people just throwing crap back and forth. Um, my thoughts on Queensryche for what they're worth. No one liked Art of Chaos. Uh, that was an album, I think, that everyone kind of universally said, this is not the Queensryche we want. Uh, I know from feedback we had Michael Wilton on during that uh, period of time. There were some songs I thought were actually kind of interesting. It was a great headphone listen. Uh, but musically, probably not uh, people who were into Rage for Order were going to enjoy uh, quite as much. So no one was satisfied with the Queensryche we had. Obviously, the people in Queensryche were not satisfied with our relationship inside the band. Uh, for what it's worth now, Jeff Tate uh, was fired from the band, as, as we all know. Uh, Todd Latore was brought in to sing for Queensryche, and from all 
signing sounds so far that the band is doing quite well with him. The band sounds very good. The material is good. Jeff Tate uh, released Frequency Unknown, uh, the first single, Cold, I enjoy very, very much. Uh, there's some high points, low points on the album, but overall a pretty good album. Uh, had the opportunity to see them in Pittsburgh, as I mentioned, do Mind Crime uh, start to finish, uh, and then a encore, which included mostly songs from Empire um, and I'm an American. Uh, he was backed by uh, Randy Gain, Kelly uh, Gray, Rudy Sarzo, Robert Sarzo, Brian Tishy. Uh, fantastic live performance from Jeff Tate. Uh, for all the people out there that say, oh, he can't sing it, I heard he can't sing it. I've heard blah, 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 blah. I read on Blabbermouth. I read on Brave Words. Uh, I read on Facebook. I was there. I've seen Queen's Record live three times now. I've seen them on the Empire Tour where they did Mind Crime in its entirety. I saw them on the Promised Land Tour and I saw them on this, what would be the 25th anniversary of Operation Mind Crime. Do it and Jeff has not lost a step. Now his personal actions off off uh, off the stage have always been a little bit in question. Uh, he's got a bit of a, an air about him, and I think rubble a lot of people the right wrong way. Um, but having talked to him, I thought it was lovely. Uh, the conversation you're about to hear was only about 12 minutes long. We talked obviously longer than that, uh, and that that happens a lot where people will say, "Oh, this guy's a dick." Ingvar uh, Malmsteen's a dick. Michael Shanker's a dick. Uh, I've talked to these people, and they were fantastic. Uh, I think anybody caught on any day can be in a bad mood. I, I don't think you do, as Jeff alludes to, 19 shows in a row with maybe not having some glitch that kind of gets your irritated or somebody in the fifth, the uh, the crowd is doing something to annoy you. That that would probably happen to just about anybody. Obviously, certain people are a little better about holding their tongue than Jeff is, uh, and that's certainly true. But my feeling on Queensryche is this. If we all enjoy the Queensryche music... I would rather have both factions doing better music than having them together doing nothing. Uh, similar to Van Halen, when Van Halen split up in 1984, 1985, whatever that was, the Sammy Hagar album was great, and David Lee Roth's Eat Him and Smile was great. Uh, would we like to see them all together getting along? Certainly. But if that's not reality, I would rather have it this way than no way. So... We're going to do, we're going to play a little bit of Cold from Frequency Unknown from Jeff Tate. For those of you who have not heard it, we're going to an interview with Jeff. There's got to be more than this, because what you're saying don't make sense.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining us from Queensryche, we have Jeff Tate on the line. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, John. Great. We are 25 years in a month now, if my math is good, from the release of Operation Mindcrime. And you guys are going to be coming into the fine city of Greensburg tonight to do a show which consists very heavily of that album. Um, I have to ask, does it feel like 25 years? Well, you know, some days it does and some days it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, but uh, you know, the uh, playing the album in its entirety is a real treat, and I'm so happy to be able to do it. And um, having a, a fantastic time on the tour with this new band and the energy that they bring to the music is uh, incredibly special. Yeah, and I think uh, tonight's show is going to be exceptional. This is a great venue, and uh, it sounds incredible. And it's a great place to uh, you know uh, experience this record. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the new band. I mean, you've got, uh, I remember from the day you put out the press release of, you know, the initial incarnation of your lineup, I think, wow, this guy's just, you know, you, you were doing a David Lee Roth and just getting an all-star cast. Uh, and you still managed to carry that, even though you've had some members kind of float in and out with, with touring schedules and things like that. Um, do you want to talk about who's with you tonight? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, got Brian Tishy on drums. Uh, from uh, White Snake and Foreigner uh, fame, and uh, Rudy Sarzo, of course, uh, the legend. Uh, yeah. Robert Sarzo on guitar, Kelly Gray on guitar, and Randy Gain on keyboards. Now you go back a, a long time with Kelly and Randy. Do you want to talk a, about how I mean you guys met and, and how long that's been? Uh, yeah, yeah, we go way back, <laughs> thirty-eight years, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, we've been. We've been friends for a long time and uh, musical collaborators for, for that length of time. Um, you know, Kelly has been part of Queensryche uh, in one form or the other for, geez, probably, you know, 15, 16 years, something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And Randy, Randy's been uh, part of the Queensryche family as well since uh, his first time working on, on uh, the Rage for Order album with us. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of the songs that we wrote together, uh, you know, in our earlier uh, band, uh, ended up being Queensryche songs later mm -hmm. on, you know, sure. when Queensryche was signed. So we, we've had a, a real, you know, a great working relationship and a, a musical collaboration, you know, for all these years, and a, and a great friendship, too. Yeah. So it's it's wonderful playing with these guys, and, and uh, you know, they, they know the history of the band, and they've got, you know, the... Uh, they're part of it for all those years, so they they understand the music quite a bit, you know. Yeah. Now, um, how did you did you um, kind of cross paths with Rudy Sarzo, um, one of the you know absolutely the nicest guys in the business? How did how did you meet up with him? Obviously, I'm sure with as long as both of your careers are, you've crossed paths from time to time. Yeah. Well, uh, both Rudy and Robert, I met you know back when Queensrÿch uh, was uh, opening for Quiet Riot okay. on the Metal Health album. And uh, Rudy and I became friends then and, and have always talked about, you know, making music together. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be fun if we could, you know, do this, do that? And, and this is the first time we've ever been able to, to do something together, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just been a, 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 a real treat for me to, to play with these guys. And uh, they're, they're such great players and they bring such enthusiasm, you know, to the to the music and, and to the whole tour, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. it's wonderful being surrounded by these really uplifting, positive people. Yeah. Does it does it make it? Not that I don't want to get into the whole the, the drama of, of the, the band split up, but does it, does it make it kind of fun again to play with? You know, even though you, these are the same songs you've been doing, you know, maybe not the entire album, but um, to kind of have a fresh group of guys to play the songs with, does that energize you? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's the first time the music's been played live. You know, and by that I mean real human beings playing. You know, mm -hmm. Queensryche, former Queensryche, we were always tied to a click track, mm -hmm. you know, controlling the tempo and, uh, you know, we had all the, the background vocals flown in and the keyboard tracks and the orchestra tracks and anything that we couldn't, you know, play, we had it on the click track, you know. And on one hand, that makes, you know, the sound of, of the, the band just like the record, which mm -hmm. is very exciting. Yeah. Um, but on the on the downside, it it limits whatever kind of 
improvisational idea you might have. Yeah. You know, like like last night, for example, I I turned around in the middle of a song and, and gave Brian uh, Tishy, our drummer, a, mm. a signal, and he stopped playing altogether. The whole band stopped. And I said something to the audience that turned back around to Brian and we started up again, you know, mm. and it, it was just a, one of those magic moments that just for the moment thing that we could never do previously. Sure. Because the play track could be turned off and on again, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, it, 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 and it also gives the music a more human feel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's human beings playing it rather than a machine, you know. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, on the Empire Tour when you did the album in its entirety, uh, thinking to myself, you know, you've got this beautiful video presentation going on behind you, but it's also got to be handcuffing you guys artistically, um, you know, because you can't deviate whatsoever. You know, yeah, you cannot deviate. So, yeah, you get really locked into listening to that, you know, click track going on in your head. No, it... You, you stop listening to each other playing. And yeah. part of the the beauty and the, the, the science, too, of, of music is it's a symbiotic relationship. All these instruments playing together and the humanness of the players playing together, that's what makes it really magic. You know? mm-hmm. Now, um, do you do anything in particular? Um, obviously, um, you are, you're still a vegan, am I correct? Um, no, I'm not a, okay. a, a strict vegan. I kind of float in and out. Right, no. Better than, than better than me, I'd say. But I mean, do you do anything in particular? I know a, a lot of singers, um, you know, take a really really good care of themselves. I mean, is there something you do in particular to keep your voice in in, in strength and good health? Well, yeah, you gotta, you know, it, being on the road is is really Which? strenuous activity, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and uh, especially the way we tour, you know, uh, we do night after night, mm-hmm. you know. And it's pretty demanding material to sing every night, and you're in a different location and around all these different people all the time. So you're you're very susceptible to colds and flus and things like that. So yeah. you have to keep your strength up, you know, and your body healthy. And so I work out every day and run and bicycle and try to keep myself fit. You know, that's the big thing. And then getting enough sleep, of course. Yeah. But um, recently I did 19 in a row. Ouch. Wow. Yeah. Was that by uh, choice, or was that a booking agent just trying to torture with you? Oh no, no, he works for me. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to make to make the whole tour work right, you know, I just had to, you know, really buckle down and, and do uh, do all the dates in a row, you know, to yeah. work financially for everyone. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize. I mean, that you've got a crew of people that that move with you. It's not just six guys in a bus, um, and they all need fed and hotel rooms and things like that. So, you know, taking three days between shows is a luxury most bands can't afford in this economy. That's true. That's true. Absolutely. Um, when you look back, I mean, over the course of your career, you've had a, a couple solo albums, and obviously uh, with Queensryche and, and with the new album, you have quite a, a, a long back catalog. Is there any record in particular maybe off the wall one or, or lesser thought of one that you look back with, you know, great pride? Oh, I looked at all of them with great pride. You know, what, what you hear on a, on a Queensryche record is, is my life. Mm-hmm. It's my, it's my hopes, my fears, my dreams, my opinions, you know, uh, my passions, you know, my fears, everything. It's all combined in there. Uh, that's how I live my life is through, uh, interpreting it through music, you know, mm-hmm. And so each each song is a is a entry into the diary, you know, mm-hmm. of uh, of my life. Yeah, one one. So al- I'm, I'm I'm attached to everything, really. <laughs> yeah, I think one al- album. I think basically, unfortunately, due to the the, the sign of the times, not to coin a phrase, but American Soldier, uh, an album that I think a lot of people um, were really floored by. I mean, really uh, a strong album. Do you want to talk about kind of where your headspace was during that process? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I had uh, been visiting my dad, uh, who was retired military, been mm-hmm. in the military all his life. And uh, we were sitting on the back porch of his house, drinking some iced tea on a hot summer day. And, and he uh, he starts talking to me about his service in Korea. And this is the first time he's ever mentioned it. And I've mm-hmm. asked him about it, you know, a million times. Yeah. And for some reason, maybe it was the day or the age he's at now or something, but he just started telling me his whole experience there, you know. And I, I stopped him. I said, Dad, let me grab my video camera. So I videotaped him telling me the, the stories. And um, 
when I got back home, I was playing the, the video for my wife, and she said, you know, you, you should write a record about this, you yeah. know, about your dad's involvement with the service. My wife was in the Army, too, mm-hmm. and so she has a, a you know, a, a kinship sure. to the, the military lifestyle. And uh, it really got me thinking about, you know, uh, uh, the service that people do give, you know, for their country and what, what is their life like. So I started doing interviews with every soldier I ever came across mm-hmm. and collecting them. And that uh, that led to the creation of the record. Because in, in the interview process, I found so many different commonalities between soldiers that had served in World War II, Korea, mm-hmm. Vietnam, Iraq, the Gulf War, Afghanistan, you name it. They all had similar stories to tell, you know. And I yeah. found that to be real interesting. So I wanted to write a record from their perspective. And uh, not a political you know, platform, but more of a, a humanistic outlook on what it is like you know, yeah. for them experiencing what they experience. Yeah, well, I have to say, as I said, leading into that question, Mission Accomplished, because it was a fantastic record. Um, now, now, fast forward now, you have Frequency Unknown, which is out uh, on, I believe it's Cleopatra Records. Um that process, I mean, you worked with a lot of different musicians on that, some really, um, some great people, Dave Manick, Kenny, K.K. Downing. Um, you want to talk about the writing process for that? Did you kind of work with these artists, in, you know, one-on-one, or did you have the shells of the songs already? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, uh, the four, four of us got together to write the music, uh, myself and Jason Slater, Lucas Rossi, and, and Randy Game. And we, uh, we wrote all the songs on the record, and after finishing the writing process, um, we thought, wouldn't it be cool if we got different guitar players to play on the songs? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? And then that led to, well, wouldn't it be cool to have some different drummers play too and different bass players and, and see where we could take it, you know? And uh, the outcome is is that all these different people play on the record and do fantastic work. And it, mm-hmm. it was wonderful working with all these guys and, and hearing their interpretation of the music, you know, having mm-hmm. them... Uh, take the song in, in their direction that they saw it go, you know. And I, I love that. I love that collaboration that you get with people. You know? Yeah. And everybody that was involved was incredibly enthusiastic about it, which made a huge difference too. Yeah, know? absolutely. But it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't like you know they were you know begrudgingly doing it. They were happy about it. <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh crap, Jeff needs a favor. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's excellent. Jeff, I, I want to uh, keep this short because I know you probably need the rest of the pipes for tonight's show, and I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been an honor talking to you, man. Oh, my pleasure, John. Good talking with you, man. Social Distortion Live, June 26th, 6.30 p.m., Stage A.E. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster. Pick up Social Distortion's new album, Hard Times and Nursery Rhymes, out now on Epitaph Records. Social Distortion, brought to you by Promo West North Shore and Coors Light. All right, a big thank you to Jeff Tate, Pamela Moore, and Johnny from Filter for all coming on the show. I want to thank you, more importantly, for listening. Without you guys listening, we wouldn't do this. Well... Ah, probably would. It's kind of fun. You can find us at ironcityrocks.com, facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks, twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. And you can also check us out on the castironring.com. Castironring.com, website of to which Iron City Rocks belongs to a brotherhood of rock, metal, music podcasts. All either metal-related, music gear-related a great group of guys, honestly, from all over the world. We've got shows from England, Spain, Brazil, Canada, North America. So we've got it covered pretty much coast to coast and around the world uh, as far as your hard rock and metal go. So I invite you to check out all those shows there, please. Also invite you to check out heavymetalbookclub.com or facebook.com forward slash heavymetalbookclub. It's a sister podcast, Iron City Rocks, hosted by myself, uh, where we talk to a lot of great authors and artists who have autobiographies or music-related books out. So uh, it's a really a lot of fun. We just did an episode on Slayer. Uh, we've got another couple episodes in the can, so I'm check that out as well. And until the next time, we want to thank you again for listening. <laughs>